0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Judges chapter 14. And I'm going to give this one the title Strike One. Strike One. We were talking about yesterday that Samson is, is growing up and he is going to have a Nazarite vow applied to his life in the moment of his birth. What a Nazarite vow was, is you were dedicating your life to God for a season of time for a particular situation. And among the other things, the main thing that the Nazarite was not supposed to do as a way of honoring God and their part of the vow, not to drink anything alcoholic, to not cut their hair, and to not touch a dead body. Well, Samson has grown up, and as we're going to see, he's already doing things that are questionable. We would not necessarily call him a man of holy character, (laughs) but he's got this covenant with God. But as we see on this chapter, he has strike one, and he gets rid of you know, one of the three promises that he makes to God. But what I love about this is even when he is not doing the right thing, God does not immediately throw him away. But he gives him chance after chance and he's still faithful. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in just a moment. But Before we do any of that, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Our channel is growing, and it's because of all of you getting the word out. We don't do any ads or anything like that, so every single growth is because of you, and I want to say thank you for that. And We're on the road to 1,000. Can't wait to get there. We've got a lot of ideas we want to do, and you are helping us, so thank you for being part of this community. Also, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you are my favorites. (laughs) I love you so much. Make sure you're leaving us a five-star review. Make sure you're leaving us also a, an actual review. Let us know how you are engaging with God's Word. And then the rally point for all of us is the Facebook group, at the Bible Breakdown Discussion, where we are growing every day in God's Word. And that team over there is just doing amazing work. I look forward to reading those devotions every day. I don't put those together. We have a team that does that, and they are phenomenal. Okay, they are so good. So thank you so much to that team for doing a wonderful job. If you got your Bible and want to open up the NLT translation to Judges chapter 14, what I was saying yesterday is that Samson, probably one of the most infamous people in the entire Old Testament, it's time to talk about him. He is now grown up and he is in a situation where he's wanting to get married and he's doing what he's not supposed to do. Remember the goal of a judge in the book of Judges would be because the nation of Israel had fell into sin. And we know at this point, they have been under subjugation. They are being dominated by the Philistines for over 40 years. And it's always because they turned away from God. And so God removes his hand of protection, they get overrun by an enemy, and now they're in a bad state. A bad state. Well, it's been 40 years, and Samson has grown up probably with this idea that God had a special work for him to do. Well, He's supposed to be delivering Israel. But instead of delivering Israel, he is flirting with the enemy. And so we're going to see how this is not working out. And we're going to see how, you know, the Nazarite vow, no dead bodies, don't cut your hair, don't drink any alcohol. He's going to break one of those. But then watch God's faithfulness in spite of all this. So if you're ready, we're going to read this ridiculous story of Samson. Here we go. Verse 1. One day, when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. <laughs> when he returned home, he told his poor mother and father, A young Philistine woman in Timnah has caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. Lord, help us, Jesus. You want to talk about some entitled spoiledness. Go get her for me. All right. Okay. Thanks, thanks Samuel or Samson. Let's keep going. Verse 3. His father and his mother objected as you would. (laughs) Isn't there one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites that you could marry, they asked? Why must we go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? Now, pause. Think about this. These are their enemies. These are the people who are dominating them and breaking them. And he's like, that enemy over there is fine, fine, fine. I want her. And they're like, give me a break. But Samson said to their father, picking back up, get her for me. She looks good to me. Lord help us. Verse four, his father and mother didn't realize that the Lord was at work in this. I guarantee you Samson didn't either, (laughs) creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at the same time. Verse five, as Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyard in Timnah. At that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. Come on, somebody. He did it as easily if it were a young goat. <laughs> Pause. I don't know how easily it would be to kill a young goat, but apparently it's super easy because... because. The Bible uses that as an illustration. You know, it's as easy as killing a young goat. So maybe that needs to be our new new thing. Hey, how hard was that? Ah, it was as easy as killing a young goat. So here we go. But he didn't tell his father and mother about it. There's another thing. Let's pause again. If I killed a lion with my bare hands, do you know, 30 years from then, I'd still be telling people, hi, my name is Brandon, the guy who killed the goat, The not the goat, the guy who killed the lion with his bare hands. So the fact that he didn't tell anybody... Pretty impressive. All right, I'm going to stop interrupting. Verse 7. When Samson arrived in Timnah, he talked with the woman and was very pleased with her. Verse 8. Later, when he returned to Timnah for the wedding, he turned off the path and took, looked at the carcass of the lion. He found, that in a, he found a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. And so look at what he did. He scooped some of the honey into his hands and ate it along the way. He gave some to his father and his mother, and they ate, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. Pause. Strike one. As a Nazarite, you are not supposed to touch a dead body. That is an animal or a person, and he did. So he has already broken the Nazarite covenant, but watch what happens. Verse 10, as his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a party at Timnah, as was the custom for the elite young men. When his bride's parents saw him, they selected 30 young men from the town to be his companions. Samson said to them, Let me tell you a riddle. If you solve my riddle during these seven days of celebration, I will give you 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. But if you can solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. All right, they agreed. Let's hear your riddle. He said, Out of one man, excuse me, out of one who eats came something sweet. Out of the strong came something sweet. Three days later, they were still trying to figure it out. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband to explain the riddle to us, or we will burn down your father's house with you in it. Did you invite this party just to make us poor? So Samson's wife came to him in tears and said, you don't love me. You hate me. You have given my people a riddle, but you don't even tell me the answer. I haven't told even the answer to my father or mother, he replied. Why should I tell you? So she cried whenever she was with him and kept it up for the rest of the celebration. At last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. Then she explained the riddle to the young men. So before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson with the answer. What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Samson replied, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have solved my riddle. In other words, you guys have been talking to my wife. (laughs) Verse 19, then the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to the town of Eschalon, killed 30 men, took their belongings and gave their clothing to the men who had solved the riddle. But Samson was furious about what had happened and he went back to live with his father and mother. So his wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man at the wedding. What a mess. <laughs> but what can we get out of this chapter? First of all, um, how about you don't tell a riddle and put that kind of stakes on it because folks get, get a little violent when they are afraid they're going to give somebody else some clothes. The real application to me is this. Obviously, you can tell from the very beginning, Samson is a man of his time, and he has got questionable moral character. But God has chosen him to do a particular task and he's working with him and obviously God sees something in him that I we probably can't see right now. <laughs> but the thing is, is even though Samson's on that struggle bus and Samson breaks one of the three main rules of the Nazarite vow, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord still came powerfully upon him. And that leans into a difficult question. And that is, God, why do you sometimes use bad people? You ever had that question before? You ever see someone who does who has questionable moral character or has a temper problem or or whatever but then you still see it looks like God blessing their life, God doing great things you know, through them? I've had that happen before where people would come to me and say, "Pastor, I know this person's character. Yet it seems as though God is using them. That doesn't seem fair to me. Can you help me understand this?" Well, the first thing to understand is, you know, if God only used the perfectly holy people, then nobody would ever get used. If God only used the people that didn't have any skeletons or claws, that didn't have things to figure out, he wouldn't use anybody. So God has to use imperfect people to move his agenda forward because there's no perfect people here. <laughs> only Jesus is perfect. So the second question then becomes, why is God so patient? To which my answer is always, I don't know, but I sure am glad. Because if God shows this kind of mercy to someone like this, then I am thankful that he's going to show that same kind of mercy to me. So I want to ask you this question as we get ready to end our time together today, and that is this. Have you ever been in a place where you've been a little bit upset with God because you saw bad people being seemingly rewarded for their bad behavior? Maybe it was someone who was a bad leader, yet it seems like they're not being held accountable. Someone who did a bad thing to somebody, but yet it seems like they're not having to pay the price. Well, can I tell you? First of all, I've known people like that, and behind the scenes, many times they are paying a price. You know, maybe it's something you can't see, but it's still happening. But then on the other side, I want to encourage you to reframe that narrative. And instead of saying, "God, why would you have so much mercy on such a bad person?" Instead, it would be, "Thank you, Lord." for having mercy on such a bad person, because I know that if I see you do that for them, I know you've got that much mercy for me. And that's what brings me so much encouragement is because I realize that God is not a respecter of person. And so if he is going to have mercy on them, he's going to have mercy on us as well. And so when I see bad people promoted, first of all, I realize I don't know the whole story. And second of all, there's a part of me that is thankful because I go, man, God, look at how much mercy you have. And the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning and his faithfulness is great. And so if you're being that merciful to that person, I'm so very thankful. That means there's some mercy left over from me too. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that there's so many things going on in our lives that we don't understand. And Lord, there's times when we see bad people seemingly promoted. And God, we can't help in our hearts. We wonder why. But we trust your sovereignty. We trust that like in the life of Samson, God, you you had something you were doing, and you were using the available vessel to do your work. And God, we we know that there are seasons when those things happen. But Lord, it gives us hope because we realize that you are just and you are faithful. And so if you have mercy on them like that, then we know you're going to have mercy with us too. God, we trust you. We trust your judgment. We trust you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remember, the reason why Samson is even in a thing right now is because Judges 17 says, In those days, Israel had no king. They all did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So what he needs to realize, and what we need to realize, is to don't do life your way, do life God's way. is a lot better way to live. <laughs> I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for Judges chapter. Fifteen.